It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for watching or listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. If this is your first time here on YouTube or your first time on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you're following us. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Locked On Reds is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up today, we're going to pretend that the Reds are going to actually do something this offseason. Look at some guys who could be fill-ins, some guys that you could replace Nick Castellanos with, some guys you could put into the bullpen, and maybe a backup catcher option out there on the free agent market. This isn't talking about trades or anything. This is just talking about who's available on the open market. Should the Reds actually do something, which I'm going to tell you why I think that they could, uh, hopefully. Anyway, we'll get our hopes up here on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Green Room app today on your mobile device and join rooms and conversations about the league. Spotify Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports. All right, let's get started. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So moves are being made, options are being picked up or declined, depending on who you are and what team you're playing for. I did see Jose Ramirez got his option picked up by the Indians, saw that Jake Diekman got his declined. I think that uh, Darren O'Day from the Yankees, there, there's a bunch of different names out there. I believe that uh, Kyle Schwarber, who we will actually talk about here in just a moment, uh, had his option decline. You know, he's from Middletown. I heard that somewhere. Anyway, speaking of uh, Kyle Schwarber, let's talk about some possible replacements, guys who could fill in in the absence of Nick Castellanos, because let's be honest, the chances of Nick Castellanos coming back, um, I think, uh, say that it's the chances of me being a vegetarian for more than just a meal. Not good. I, I, I there's an option. There's a chance. The Reds could match his offer, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to make somewhere around 21 to 25. Who knows? Maybe even closer to $30 million a year. That's not something that the Reds are interested in. They've just got done paying him $16 million. I think they were quietly rooting for him to actually opt out. Now, Bobby Nightingale said in an article that the chances are good that he's going to get a qualifying offer, which I saw some people speculating, and that's kind of a scorched earth speculation, that the Reds weren't even going to offer him a qualifying offer, weren't even going to extend one to him. I think that that's a little bit short-sighted because they're going to get draft pick compensation for him when he signs elsewhere, and due to the fact that the deal is sure to be huge, they'll get a first-round compensation for it. So that'll be nice. The thing about it is they've got to replace that. And there's nobody on this roster that I trust to play every day, and I don't even think that I would go so far as to say I'd like a platoon of TJ Friedel and Aristides Aquino. I just don't think that Aquino has shown enough. I think he might be an option to move on from, to be honest with you. Let him see if a change of scenery helps out his career, but that roster spot is kind of 
Uh, you'll get a home run every now and then from Aquino, but again, not counting on him to replace Nick Castellanos' spot in the lineup. So I've got a couple of options for guys who could take their spot. I mentioned him just a moment ago, the first guy that I'm thinking of, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber actually hit really well last year, and despite the fact that he's a lefty, was pretty good at mitigating that lefty-lefty platoon. He still hit in the 270s and had a decent on-base over 380. He had his slugging percentage tick down quite a bit against lefties, but he still got on base and got the hits. Those were what we're looking for for this Reds lineup. Let's take some baby steps about getting better against lefties. But with Kyle Schwarber on the roster, I think that you could slot him in, whether it be in the middle of the order or at the top of the order, right there behind Jonathan India against lefties or righties, and you're going to be pretty good. Plus, and this is a caveat of all three of these guys, I got Kyle Schwarber and two other guys I want to talk about. Uh, The caveat is they made less than Nick Castellanos did this past season and maybe will make uh, either comparable to the $16 he made last year or uh, if not less than what Kyle Schwarber or what Nick Castellanos is going to make on the open market. That's what happens when I try to read my notes while thinking. I just said Kyle Schwarber's name a whole bunch there. But I'm thinking of Kyle Schwarber as a guy who probably is going to make around $15 million, $16 million this year. I could be wrong. The market value for him isn't quite, uh, it's like $12 million. According to SpotTrack, I'm getting these numbers from, from SpotTrack.com. That's where I kind of rely on my salary numbers and valuations, whether it comes to arbitration or possible free agent signings. You can find that at spottrack.com. But they're saying around $12 million for him. So maybe he gets upbid a little bit because he's a little bit younger and he's a good bat in the lineup. The Reds could still use the money that they were going to spend for Nick Castellanos had he stayed and get him. Look, I... I really hope, and again, this is this whole episode talking about guys who the Reds could go get, it's dependent on if they actually use the resources in which Nick Castellanos would have gotten. Hopefully they do, because we're talking about a Reds team that if they just allow that money to disappear and they don't do anything with it, then what are they doing? I get it. They, they saved money on the relievers last year, but they didn't do anything with it. And they're saving money on Nick Castellanos not being on the roster. Do something with it. Don't just eat it. Don't tell us that we've got guys within the organization who can step up and make that kind of production. We don't have any combination of outfielders in the Reds organization that are going to replace their production from Nick Castellanos. Kyle Schwarber could at least get to the point where you could see a reality where he is close to Nick Castellanos production. Another guy that I'm thinking of, Avisiel Garcia. He absolutely eviscerated the Reds. Avisiel eviscerated, see what I did there? But he is also amazing against left-handed pitching, and I don't think will be much more expensive, if any more expensive, than Nick Castellanos was. He could make around $10-11 a year, could Garcia. One other guy that I'm looking at is a dude who killed this postseason, Eddie Rosario. And I think it's Rosario. 
but I just said Rosario because, well, I'm from the Midwest, whatever. Eddie Rosario is a dude who was on fire this postseason, just wasn't making outs. He was getting hits. He is a contact dude. He hits for average. His on-base percentage is reliant on that batting average, though. He does not walk a ton. The thing is, he doesn't strike out a lot either. He's kind of a Jose Iglesias in that realm of hitting, And he doesn't have a platoon split. He is a left-handed hitter, but for his career, he's hit 275 against lefties and 276 against righties. So dude just hits everybody. Doesn't matter who's pitching, what side of the plate. I like that. Again, contact type hitter. Put him in the second spot in the lineup right behind Jonathan India and see that dude's uh, RBI total rise a little bit. Those are the three guys. Um, uh, Also put Billy Hamilton on there. Just, just for kicks. But Billy Hamilton is a free agent this uh, offseason. All right, uh, the, that was to replace the void left by Nick Castellanos. I want to talk about some bullpen options here in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Listen, I'm a little bit hungry right now because I put off lunch a little bit. Built Bar can help you out if you're in the position like me. It fills in the snack void perfectly. It is a protein bar, yes, but it has no chalky feel. Doesn't have, It's not like a brick. You know, Sometimes you get these protein bars that say they're healthy for you, and they don't taste like anything. Built Bar's not that way. It's made with 100% real chocolate, and they've got beautiful flavors like Cherry Barcia. They've got the brand new Blueberry Muffin, which is phenomenal, can attest to how good this stuff is. Go check it out today at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get in on this snack game that is Built Bar, and you will elevate it with your health and with your taste. Built Bar is awesome. Awesome. Go to built.com today and use that promo code locked 15. Get yourself a mix box. Get yourself a box of all your favorite flavors. Uh, just one of your favorite flavors, or you can pick a mix box of three where you get six a piece. You got the ultimate mix box, which is two of every flavor that they've got right now. And you've got a variety box, which is like what I think they call that where you pick the three flavors, which is phenomenal as well. Cause you get six of each or you get a whole bunch of just one. Go there today, built.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order at built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so there are some options on the free agent market, and this is going to require even more of a caveat. I've been talking about what if the Reds actually do something. This is also with the caveat of the Reds don't like to spend on relief pitchers. We saw that this past offseason, getting rid of Wrightsell Iglesias and Archie Bradley, who oddly enough is a free agent this offseason. And again, getting these uh, numbers and getting the information from Spot Track because of the Reds want to not spend on relief pitching. By the way, here's a picture of Lucas Sims. He was awesome this year. And that was one of my favorite pictures as well. Him pitching in the freaking hailstorm slash snowstorm slash terrible weather that the umpires tried to make them pitch through that one game. That was hilarious. But anyway, um, 
adding to the bullpen and helping out Lucas Sims is a key point this offseason for the Reds. I don't believe, I reiterate this again, I've said it before, I don't believe that the Reds have to completely rebuild the bullpen. I think that they just need to get a guy or two at the top and everybody else slots in to their positions beautifully. And I think that they can do that with a couple of different guys. There's two guys on the open market who I believe are reclamation projects, yes, but they could work well with Derek Johnson, and they fit into the whole idea that even when the Reds were spending money, they weren't spending a ton of money on relievers. The first one is Kirby Yates. He's a buy-low target this offseason because he missed most of 2020, and he missed 2021 with elbow issues. He had Tommy John surgery, and he was recovering from that. So he is a kind of reclamation dude, but he was once a dominant closer, one of the best closers in this game. I believe that if you combine him with Derek Johnson, you could see him be at the top of this Reds bullpen, at the top of the food chain for the Reds bullpen. It could happen. Bring in Kirby Yates. You could probably see the Reds sign him for three, four, maybe $5 million based on that reclamation. It's most likely going to be a one-year prove-it deal. There are a lot of options out there on the market as well, so I think that the only teams that are going to be looking for him are the quote-unquote small market teams, small market big heart. Hopefully, the Reds will be at the top of that list and try to add Kirby Yates to their bullpen. Another guy that I'm looking at is Derek Holland. Now, you're going to look at him, and you're going to see a lot of similarities between him and Sean Doolittle. Here's one big difference. He actually has two pitches. Sean Doolittle just had a fastball, and he threw a slider once every 10 days. Derek Holland throws his slider more than his fastball, and while it isn't as good as it once was, I think if you put that with Derek Johnson, who is a slider whisperer, he can become a closer-type pitcher again, maybe for a year or two for this Reds bullpen. And look, I still think that they've got talent. They just don't have a proven closer. You bring in a Kirby Yates, you bring in a Greg Holland, they've saved games before, and they are better than Sean Doolittle was this past year. So you combine that with Derek Johnson, they're going to be the kind of closer guy that maybe they aren't the closer all year long, but maybe they're able to hand it off to a Lucas Sims. Maybe they're able to hand it off to a Dari Moretta. Plus, they've got the ability to, and not the ability, but the opportunity of which the Reds can sign them on a one-year prove-it type deal. And then whenever TJ Antone is healthy in 2023, you can slot him back into the closer role. Bingo, bango, bongo. You don't create a long a log jam at the top, and hopefully you bridge the gap to when Lucas Sims is comfortable as a closer, or maybe uh, Luis Sessa is comfortable as a closer. Look at Greg Holland or Kirby Yates, and that could be a thing. It could also be a situation where the Reds trade for a closer type dude. Now, that's not a market that I'm very aware of who's available and who's ready to be traded and all this other stuff. I'm just looking at free agents today. But again, based on the um, preconceived distaste, we'll, we'll call it, for the Reds, even when they were spending money, to spend money on a closer-type pitcher, uh, that kind of counts them out on bringing back Rysel Iglesias or adding Kenley Jansen or Craig Kimbrell or Brad Hand. Can you imagine if the Reds added Brad Hand as their closer? All of the many times we would talk about the Reds winning games and having the upper hand 
come on, Reds. Maybe maybe reach into your coffers a little bit and sped for Brad Hand. I just want the cheesy headlines. That's all I want in life. Is that too much to ask? All right. We're going to talk about some backup catcher possibilities. Yeah, I know. Just so exciting, the backup catcher position. But there are a couple of dudes who at least have me intrigued. We'll talk about those in just a minute. Before I tell you about that, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. They are the number one place for your basketball and football betting action this season. And they've got a brand new web interface for the start of basketball season. They've got more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site and sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That is more money in your bankroll. That's going to betonline.ag and setting up your profile with the promo code locked on. From basketball, football, you've got baseball offseason props. You're talking about looking ahead with futures of like World Series odds and things like that. The NHL, UFC, boxing. There's a great UFC card coming up tomorrow night that I am stoked for. Going to be betting on that. You can believe it. At betonline.ag, the only online sportsbook that I trust. And you should too. Set up your profile today again with the promo code locked on and get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Betonline.ag is where the game starts. I keep hitting my desk with my ring. Um, Hopefully that's not registering too much. All right, final segment of today's podcast. We're going to talk about some guys that the Reds could look at to fill out their backup catcher position. Nick Kroll said in his interview after the Tucker Barnhart trade that they will look outside the organization and bring somebody in who is ready for the major leagues right now. He did mention that Mark Colesbury is on the roster, but he then went on to mention that he's going to look outside. So there are some options out there on the free agent market. Number one, this is the dude that if they sign this dude, I'll actually be marginally excited about. Yeah, it's kind of weird to say that somebody be excited about a backup catcher, but that's what happens when you're addicted to the Reds like I am. I mean, come on. I got a red legs of the snowman bobblehead sitting back here. We're ready to go. But when you're talking about a backup catcher who I would actually be marginally excited about, Manny Pena is available. Do you know how many times that dude has killed the Reds? I get it. It's not as if he is an amazing player. He's a backup catcher for a reason, but he's got some pop. He slugged 439 in 180 at-bats this past season. He had 13 home runs in 180 at-bats as well. Some might say that's a little bit unsustainable, and I tend to agree with him, but that's the kind of a dude that would be an awesome backup option behind Tyler Stevenson. Plus he was a top 15 pitch framer when it came to catchers, which is another nice thing to see. That's actually something that we'll talk about on Monday. When we look at Tyler Stevenson, that's an area where he can improve. But again, that was his first full year as a catcher. So it's understandable. And last year, the key for this is he made less than $2 million, probably around where he will assign with a team this season. Another option, a grizzled vet, a guy who's had a very nice career in Wilson Ramos. 
He's a two-time All-Star and a Silver Slugger Award winner, though that was a few years ago. He could be awesome to have mentor Tyler Stevenson if that's exactly, you know, if that's what he wants to do at this point in his career. He may be trying to angle for one last hurrah being a catcher one, which is a possibility, which would preclude him from coming to the Reds. And the other thing about him is I wonder how much money that he and his agent are going to be looking for because over the last two years, he hasn't played very much. He's been hurt. And when he has played, he hasn't been that good. So maybe this is a kind of year that he could sign as a backup and kind of prove it and maybe get dealt somewhere. I don't know, but he might be looking for more money and he might be looking for a starting opportunity. So having him on this list is a little bit of risky because we're not sure what he's looking for. The other guy that I'm thinking, and there's names on there. You can look at the Austin Romines and the Jose Lobatons and Hey, Ryan LaVarnway, he is available. I did check on that. But the other name that I'm thinking of the three, I've, I've talked Manny Pena, Wilson Ramos, and I'm also looking at Robinson Chirinos. Robinson Chirinos was once a catcher one, once a guy that could be counted on to be a starter, but these last few years haven't been that kind to him. He does still have some pop though. He slugged 432 last year. He didn't hit very often. He didn't have a ton of at bats simply because of injuries and things like that. And just overall inconsistency with his play, but he could be an interesting backup option behind Tyler Stevenson. Again, Tyler Stevenson is the dude. He is catcher one. He is the future of the backstop position for the Reds, at least in the early going. Maybe they move him to first base in a year or two, but I think for a little while they're going to have him as the main catcher because that's what he was drafted to be. He's going to be in the middle of the order too, which I'm so excited about. That's going to do it for us, though, here today on the podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Now, for your second listen, go check out Locked On MLB as Sully has you covered from all angles on the baseball side of things. He's been talking recently about when Braves fans can finally enjoy the fact that they are World Series champions. You, you'll have to take him at his word and listen to him at Locked On MLB. Just like Locked On Reds, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on Monday, like I mentioned a moment ago, Tyler Stevenson's 2021. We'll wrap that up and we'll look ahead to him being the guy behind the plate. That's on Monday here on the Locked On Reds podcast. It might be the offseason, but we're Locked On Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.